Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Trust game. There's got to be an area in your life you got to turn around and go, God, I'm just going to trust you. There's going to come a time, whether it's cancer, whether it's COVID, whether it's a divorce, whether it's financial problems, you got to come to God and go, God, I'm just going to trust you. I can give you a testimony. I remember the first time, the first time I went and had a problem with tithing. Because when I heard about tithing, I just automatically did it. I, I had lots of money. It wasn't a problem. But then for some reason, the enemy attacked my finances. Just like Pastor Donald said, maybe I was empty in that area. Not, not as far as having. I had plenty of money, but I was empty. So then one day, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, I didn't have the money, and it was time to tie, but I didn't have enough to pay my rent or tithe. And I was a baby Christian. And I remember I was so anxious, so anxious. It's like, God, this is what you commanded me to do. But you, you know, Lord, I thank you that you're going to take care of me. I'm going to reach in my pocket right now. And you are going to put $800 in there for my rent. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to go ahead and pay. No, that's not how God operates. I had to do the trust, the trust fall. And I remember getting up and I was sitting right around where Karina was and I got up as we were doing the offering and I remember walking and crying because I was so scared. But I said, God, I trust you. And I cried and I, people were looking at me and, and I just walked up and when I laid it in there, I said, God, thank you. I trust your word. This is Sunday. So Monday, I'm not going to leave it alone. I'm going to go to the manager and tell him Monday. I didn't tell nobody this. So Monday, I go to the manager and let him know I'm not going to have my rent for this month. I'll be able to get it maybe in two weeks. And this is when I was in the military and everything. So the manager said, okay, let me get your work, paperwork. She pulls out the paperwork. She goes, wait a minute. You're, you've already paid your rent. I said, excuse me? She goes, yeah, we got that you've paid your rent for this month. Do you think I was going to question her? I, got, I was like, oh, praise God. Thank you. My bad. And walked on out. But ever since that one time, I've learned to trust God. No matter what problems, no matter what financial situation came, no matter what. And watch this. Because I learned to trust God with my finances. I was learning to trust God in my health because I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you know about me or not, but I got a diagnosis of death back in 2004. They told me I needed a new heart. My heart works right now at 19%. And when I got that diagnosis of death, I sat back and I said, well, God, you took care of me with the finances. How much more do you care about my life? I trust you, God. I wish somebody hears me right now and applies this to their situation because when I trusted God with the finances, even though I wasn't in peace, he gave me the opportunity to have a sound mind. So now when I get news, I just trust in God because my mind is stayed upon him because he cares for me. 
2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We hear that so many times, but we don't really know what that means. It says casting down. That means you got to pull down every thought and every high thing. It says imaginations. What is an imagination? It comes from your mind because you imagine things. These are pictures that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? It's the word of God. And every high thing that tries to exalt itself against this knowledge. And it says, and bring it into captivity, the thought to obedience. Look, you can't let the bird continue to fly over your head. Listen to me when I tell you this. This is an old saying. You can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you could stop it from landing in it. I don't know about you, but I don't even want the bird flying around my head anymore. What the Bible is telling you, that bird is a thought. It's a high thing, an imagination that exalts itself against the word of God, against the knowledge of Christ. And it says what? It doesn't say shoo it away. It says you need to bring it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. You need to grab that thing, that little birdie, and crush it. Was that, was that too violent? Fly, it's a fly. We all crush. You need to grab that fly and crush it so it doesn't fly over your head. Anymore. That's called deliverance. Woo, my God. See, so many of us are happy without the temptation. Oh, I'll just flee because I'm strong every temptation to come. But no, I want deliverance. I don't want this bird flying over my head. I mean, this fly flying over my head anymore. By the way, you know, they call him Beelzebub. They, the Lord of the flies, those flies, they're, they're putrid, they're nasty, they carry diseases, and there's never just one fly. I, I don't know about you, but flies bring their friends. We get to thinking about things we shouldn't think about, and we just shooing flies. Get the fly swatter and kill it. Kill that thing. Bring it into the obedience of Christ. I will keep my mind stayed upon him so that he will keep me at perfect peace. Because I trust God. That's bringing it into the obedience of God's word. You can't just try to do it on your own. You guys know if you kill a bee that a bee sends off a pheromone to tell other bees to come? Do you guys know that? And that's the same way what we do when we sit down and we try to do things on our own with, with thoughts. It's like killing a bee and it sends out a pheromone. We thought we got rid of lust and we thought we killed it. And all of a sudden, here comes lustful things around us. Just wait, wait a minute. I'm being bombarded by lustful things. It's because we didn't get delivered. We didn't bring that thing into captivity and put it under the word of God. Saints of God, you can't think about your fears while you're worshiping God. Oh, somebody should have shouted at that time. Maybe, maybe that's what's wrong. Maybe that's the problem with us. Is we, we're so busy not worshiping that we think about our fears. You can't think about your fears while you're praising God. You can't think about your fears while you're praying I'm going somewhere with this. You can't think about your fears while you're denying yourself and helping others. You can't think about your fears while you are speaking the word. You have to begin to confess to being what the word says you are. Begin to speak the word. Not just be a hearer of the word, but a speaker of the word and a doer of the word. You don't have time to think about your issues when you're praising God. 
I came in here this morning and, and I came in with a heavy heart and my wife was talking to me and, and, and you know, you guys, my wife is my wife is my, my corner manager. You guys don't understand. You know, every time we talk to each other, it's not always, oh, honey, you know. Sometimes she looks at me and she goes, shake your head. You got to get back in the game. She's my coach. She's sitting there. She's trying to encourage me because I'm, I'm concerned about the state of the church. I love the church of Christ. You guys don't understand how much I love the church. I will die for this church. I love the bride of Christ. I've given everything to her. I don't want to see anything bad happen to any church, not just the building. I said the church. I hate to see when bad things happen at other churches. Listen, you guys, you cannot open your mouth and praise God when things, I mean, you, you can't open your mouth and praise God when things are good. I, I don't even know what I wrote. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Listen, you can't open your mouth and praise, just praise God when things are good. If you're only praising God when things are good, you're not going to be able to praise him when things are bad. You guys hear what I'm saying? And, and here's the crazy part. Most of us in here don't even praise God when things are good. I caught myself complaining the other day. My wife came and sat down next to me, and I, and I began to read Psalms 34 and 1. And it says, I will bless the Lord sometimes. Oh, oh, see, you guys even, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I, I'm not a dentist, and, and I don't know much about teeth, but I know if I look in your mouth, if you pull your mask down right now, and I look in your mouth, I ought to see some type of praise in it. There too many times, we got other things in our mouth. We got dirty, nasty cavities called complaining coming out of our mouth. And when I sat there, and my wife was looking at me, and I started complaining, I happened to look at my Bible, and I said, I will bless the Lord at all times his praises shall continually be in my mouth I began to look at my wife and I said I thank God that I have a good wife you ain't just a good wife you're a good friend I thank God for my house I thank God for the noise my children's making I thank God that my father-in-law is here living with I thank God that we have a church home full of people that love the Lord I thank God that everything that's going on right now is going on because it's making me stronger I thank God that I have the health that I have right now I thank God that I'm able to see sit at a table and be able to talk freely with you. I thank God because I will praise his name at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Saints of God, I need you to see and I love the church and I'm telling you right now, if anybody ever mess with my wife, you better be careful. Listen to what I'm telling you. I love my wife. And if you hear me talk about my wife, don't agree with me because I'll jump bad on you. That's my wife. Y'all better listen. Because you read in the Bible, Jesus talks about his church. He talks about the church of Laodicea. He talks about all the churches in Ephesus and Asia. He talks about them. But don't you dare talk about the bride of Christ. That's his wife. Let him talk about it. You just sit and listen and nod your head. But I'm telling you right now, there is an attack that is happening to the bride of Christ. And if we don't wake up, we're going to miss it and it's going to lull us to sleep. And before you know it, we're going to be full of depression. We're going to be looking towards other things. 
to bring us peace. Now, I'm not trying to be political and I'm not going to call our governor, Gavin Newsom, the devil. I'm not doing that. But I do know this. He's doing the best that he can. But I guess his best wasn't good enough. No, okay. I'm telling you, he's doing the best that he can. But I do know this one thing, and I will tell you this. He is not a Christian. And according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, it tells us, it is the prince of the power of the air that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You guys hear me? The prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Who are the children of disobedience? Those that are obedient to the word of God. So it's the enemy working through him. And how is he doing that? He's trying to get the church to stop worshiping. I told you, don't mess with Jesus' bride. I'm, I'm there. I, I know he's a lion and, a, and the lion can defend his own word. But at the end of the day, I'm the guy that's standing there like, yeah, what? There's an attack that's happening on the church, and you, they're sitting there telling us, don't worship, there's no praying loud, they call it chanting, and it says there's no singing in church. Listen, the enemy doesn't mind you coming to church. He just doesn't want you to become the church. You, <laughs> the church is a house of worship. And when I begin to worship God, I don't just come here and sit and just listen because I could do that on a radio. I could do that sitting in front of a TV. But when I come to the house of God, the Bible declares this, that my house shall be known as a house of prayer. So when I come in, you call it chanting. I call it praying. You are not going to stop me from praying and seeking God amongst the fellowship of the brethren. You're not going to stop me from worshiping God as I praise and sing unto the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. I'm trying to tell you, saints, listen, we get so caught up and fearful about what could happen, what may not happen, and I'm not trying to dog anybody, but I'm just here to tell you the truth. If we sit back and allow these things to happen to the church, I'm telling you within a couple of years, they're going to tell us that we can't meet anymore. And if you come together right now and you're fearful even praising God, I know you're not you're, you're going to be an undercover Christian when it comes down to the persecution of the church. It starts subtly, saints. The Bible tells us in Genesis that the serpent in the garden was the most subtle of all the creatures. He's not dumb. He knows that it's going to take time to do these things. He subtly starts adding things into everything. He's going to, oh, first it's, no, you guys can't meet. And then, because it's written, no, don't know this. There's separation between church and state. We're coming against our, our First Amendment rights. We're allowed to do this, okay? So they, yeah, they got us. They got us. So okay, we're gonna let them meet. Let's, let's keep them from praising God. So tell them they can't sing. But it's okay if they go out in the street by the thousands and chant and yell. It's okay. But we got to keep them out of the house of God because if we keep them in the house of God and they begin to worship, if they begin to praise, if they begin to open up their mouth, when they begin to do that, the Bible declares that, that God inhabits the praises of the people. And as we begin to praise, God begins to come into our situation. Saints of God, all through the Bible, it talks about entering into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. My praise isn't just a fact of me just walking in. My praise is a, a, is a plethora of things. My praise 
praise is raising my hands. My praise is dancing before the Lord. My praise is opening up my mouth. That's why the prophet said, you are, if you don't cry out, the rocks will surely cry out. There's got to be some type of vocal praise coming out of your mouth. Psalms 101 through 2 says this, a psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That's telling us that we need to come together and sing to God together the hymns, to sing together the psalms to God. Psalms 91 and 2 says this, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. But we're so easy to just give it up. Listen, it's not giving up a right. We are deciding to follow the government over God. These are commands. It doesn't say, hey, if you want to, it says, oh, come. That means do it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That means do it. Ephesians 5 and 19 says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Oh, come on, somebody. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your hearts. Praise the Lord, Psalms 147.1. Praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. I don't know about you guys. I'm going to bring this to a close and hopefully this has hit you. But Psalms 95.1 says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. It goes on and on. There's thousands of scriptures that tell us to, and commands us to sing to God, to pray to God, to worship God, not just with our mouth, not just with our hands, but the Bible says, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Part of my body is my voice so I'm going to give him my voice I'm going to give him my hands I'm going to give him my dance I'm going to give him everything that he deserves because he paid for it on Calvary's cross I will not let the rocks cry out in my place I refuse saints of God when you take control of your fears the word of God will become your rock that solid sure rock the house that was built and not shaken we have to take a hold of what the word of God tells us to do worship at home worship in the house of God singing praises there the, the, the men and women that are up here singing they're not called worshipers for you they're called worship leaders in the book, they always, in the book, in the Bible, they always had worshipers, worship leaders that stood out front and began to worship before they even went into battle. You mean you, you put people singing? You would think they put soldiers out front. They put the worshipers out front. They led the team into worship. These are worship leaders. Look, if they just stopped singing, you guys should be carrying the chorus. 
you should never let another person worship for you. I don't care. The Bible says make a joyful noise. That's not saying that you have to be able to hold an A, B, and C note, that you can't do any run. No, no, no. God says when you praise him, it's a joyful noise. It is a sweet-smelling savor into his nostrils. And when you begin to praise God, he just breathes it in. And watch this. When you, when, you, when you breathe out that praise, when you pour out that praise, he breathes it in and he breathes out his spirit. And his spirit brings life. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, where God breathes, there is freedom. Freedom from fear, freedom from anxiety, freedom from the problems of this world. That is the freedom that I want in my life. I will no longer allow anybody to keep me silent. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. Amen. You got to stand to your feet. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.